We are slaves to time. Even the most relaxed of us are regulated by schedules and uh, we're always checking our phone for the time. We live by our alarms and our timers, right? When we time to get up and we'll put on a timer for our French press and we've got to press it down and we have a timer for when we head out to do our business and so on, right? We're creatures that were trapped in space and time. And yet every Sunday when we gather together here on Zoom for church, we're recognizing a deeper reality that God is eternal. And we celebrate this God who is unfazed by the passing of time, a God who never ends. Uh, we pray to a God to whom a millisecond in a million years is just about the same. We worship an eternal God from our little moment in time. But sometimes, like if you take a moment and you think about that, it'll weigh heavy. You see, we are in space and time, but not as we should be. And deep down, we all know this. We've known this from the moment we've learned that good things don't last. Good jobs come to an end, friends move away, the kids grow up and they move on. And it runs deeper. Our bodies deteriorate, our health winds down. And if you live long enough, then you're gonna bury those you love. And we feel deep down in our bones that this isn't the way it's supposed to be. And that's because it's not. There's this C.S. Lewis quote that highlights this so well. He writes, If we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we're made for another world. Made for another world. I believe he's right. If we sense that we're not at home in this world, where good things always end, then we're made for another world. And as we sing songs and we listen to the Bible readings, we learn that we are in time, but we're meant for eternity. And we're being called into this eternal life. God calls us out of a life that's mostly concerned with our schedules, our phone, time, our phone timers, and God is calling us into a life lived in the light of eternity. In the light, that it, in the light of what is most deeply real, most deeply beautiful and good and what lasts forever. God has always been calling us into this life. We see God's call in today's reading from Exodus. Here we're shown instructions for the Passover, and it's an incredibly important ritual uh, for ancient and present-day Jewish communities, but also for the entire world if we're listening. And if we're not paying attention, we miss a beautiful and crucial truth. The Passover is a ritual that brings humanity into contact with eternity. And the Passover is no mere ritual. You see, the Jewish people, uh, the people of God, were instructed to celebrate the Passover to remember how God saved them from death. You see, Pharaoh was ordered by God to release the Jewish uh, slaves, but he refused, and so God sent the angel of death over the land of Egypt. But the Jewish people were told to take a perfect lamb, slaughter it, and cover their doors with the blood so that the angel of death would not strike them, but pass them by. But how could the slaughter of a little lamb save the people from death? 
Well, you know, when you read today's, uh, when you hear today's reading from Exodus about the Passover and the lamb, you can't help but think about the story of Abraham and Isaac. You see, long before Exodus, Abraham had long wished for a son, and in his old age, he was given Isaac. And then God said to him, bring me your son and sacrifice him to me. And so Abraham and Isaac went to sacrifice to God. And when Isaac asked where the lamb was, they were going to sacrifice, Abraham spoke the truest words in all the Bible. He said, the Lord will provide. And Abraham went up the mountain, and he tied up his son. And at the moment he was about to give his son up, God intervened. Stop. And a little ram caught in the brambles was offered to God instead. The Lord God provided. You see, today we, are in, we read the Exodus story. We're in the midst of suffering and death. Again, God provided a way out, that little lamb. And the blood covered the door and death passed by. And the Jewish families in their homes likely thought of Abraham. And they remembered that God provides. God rescued his people from Pharaoh. And these former, former slaves left Egypt into a promised land. But they're humans like us, trapped in space and time. And even though they got out of Egypt, they eventually died. And their children and children's children made a nation with a temple that sacrificed many lambs, trying to remember that although human sin is real, and therefore death is real, they had a God who provides. And this Sunday, we remember. We are called to recognize the deep structures of our faith, that we are anchored in time and anchored in a way that we never should have been. We used to live forever, but through Adam and Eve, Sin, and therefore death, entered this world, and we're slaves to sin and death. And we've always known this fact, but we've gone out of our way to ignore it. We inoculate ourselves. We resist the truth by uh, explaining it away with secular philosophies of the contingency of the physical or the necessity of death. And we ignore this altogether by diving headfirst into a, line, a life aimed primarily at pleasure, uh, distracted by entertainment, insulated by materialism, consumption, and comfort. But God has been calling us to wake up. That the answer is not found in the mere mundane of more fun and comfort, no. Our loss of eternity is tragic. But God provides. God speaks from eternity into time to show us the way. He spoke to us through Abraham when he provided the ram, we see that he spoke in Exodus when he spoke through us through the Passover, when he provides the lambs. And he spoke to us through John the Baptist when he said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A new lamb. You see, God has been having an extended dialogue with us through time. When Abraham said, God will provide, the answer that Abraham gives in the midst of his dark trial of faith is prophetic and signifies Jesus, the ultimate lamb. The sacrifices offered throughout the history of Israel to signify the presence of the mercy of God. You see, because God elected Israel, not based on Israel's merits, but upon a privilege of grace. 
And God comes to us in Jesus, not based on our merits, but because of his love and grace. It has to be grace because we can never earn uh, the eternal life of God on our own. Our world and our individual lives are marred because of the reality of sin. Even today, I mean, if you just scan the news, you look around and things are not as they should be. We have made grave mistakes. We've established a social, political, philosophical, economic systems that enhance our ability to be cruel to each other, to use up the planet in irreversible and destructive ways to completely ignore God. We create death. And this is the wage of sin. But God never left us alone. Over and over, he has pointed to the fact that he would provide, and he did provide in Jesus. And we're called to follow him. The call to live in the light of the eternal, in the light of God, is not something to be ignored or left to be pursued later in life. The time is now. Paul says in our readings from Romans, Understanding the present time, the hour has already come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Now, the time to take seriously the eternal gift found in Jesus is now. I mean, consider the end. At the end of the Bible, in the book of Revelation, John sees the end of human history, and there is a scroll. And an angel in a loud voice asks, who is worthy to open this scroll? And it says, no one on earth was found worthy. And John wept at this. Now, many have asked, uh, what is this scroll? Do you know what I think? This scroll contains the ultimate meaning and significance of our existence, the ultimate meaning behind our suffering, that which not only would explain, but would justify all the heartbreak that has happened in human history, in our lives. And that's why John wept. Because in the final moment, no one could make sense of all this death. But then John saw something new. And he writes, then I saw a lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing at the center of the throne. And he went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God persons from every tribe, tribe and language and people and nation. And later it says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. And they will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. My friends, God is calling you to live in the light of the, this eternal promise. The ultimate meaning of everything you've ever gone through from your first breath until today is only found 
in the eternal love of the Lamb, Jesus Christ? Will you turn to him? Will you give your life to him? He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. And Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, make the startling promises found only in Jesus, your son, come alive to us. Let us become aware of how you have reached into human history to offer us the gift of your salvation, which occurred in time and space. Let us not waver in unbelief, but rest our lives upon the truth that you raise the dead, if only we turn to Jesus. Amen.